give him a hand clap of praise that he's worthy of. Amen. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday evening. Welcome back to the house of the Lord today. Pray that you're still just rejoicing the goodness of God and the presence of God. Can I tell you, he is on the move tonight. Lives are being transformed and changed. Hearts are being mended. Restoration is taking place. That which the Holy Spirit was speaking in the house this morning, I know of one situation that was made known to me shortly before service tonight that less than an hour after leaving this house today, a situation that was very dark for the last two years was suddenly resolved. A prodigal that wouldn't talk to anybody, wouldn't do anything, sat down in a vehicle, wrapped her arms around the neck and said, oh, I love you. To God be the glory. That's the kind of God we're serving today. I don't know about you tonight, but it gets me excited when I begin to hear the goodness of God and the grace of God. Amen. Well, I'm just going to do what I know to do, and that is to try to preach for a few moments. If you have your Bibles with you, Galatians chapter number four, Galatians chapter number four, going to go on a journey with you this evening. The Lord would help us, and I'm going to do my best to be as brief as I can, but I want to release the word that the Lord has bathed in our heart to do for tonight. So I'm going to ask you to stay with me, stay focused on that which the Lord might say to you and to I together in this house. But in Galatians chapter number four is where we will begin in verse number one through verse number seven. I'm going to ask you to uh, follow along with us if you have your Bibles with you. I love hearing the sound of the pages uh, flipping in the sanctuary. That is a powerful, powerful thing to hear. So Galatians chapter number four, Paul is writing. It is to a, this particular letter is pinned to a specific group of individuals that are young in the faith. They are young Gentiles that have been easily impacted, if you will, by Judaism. There is a lot of conversation that's taken place, and there are those in this region and this time in history that's saying, well, we understand that this gospel that Jesus saves and, and does these things, but yet we need to attach this to it. We need to attach that to it. And it was getting so confusing that men and women was finding themselves going back in and trying to attach tradition to this gospel message that Jesus is enough all by himself. So Paul comes on the scene and he begins to address these things and he, he begins to make it clear and he uses personal testimony as simply speaking to them in a, in a fatherly manner but also bringing some correction to them. But then when you get to verse number four, I mean chapter number four is where we're going to be tonight. He wants them to have clear understanding that after an encounter with God, you no longer have to walk in a state of confusion. And tonight, we're going to deal with the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people today that don't necessarily know who they are. But I'm believing that those of you, when you leave this house tonight, you're going to know who you are in Christ. Amen. 
Many of you are tormented, I believe, uh, throughout years. We've witnessed men and women be tormented. Am I this or am I not? And can I tell you, it's an identity crisis. And today we're going to address that. And I'm going to tell you today, you're more than enough. Won't you help me before we read this passage? Won't you tell your neighbor, say, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. God doesn't make mistakes. Go ahead, tell them. Say, God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You missed a good place to shout right there. Help me preach just for a moment. Tell your neighbor, say, you don't know it, but I'm adopted. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Let me read again verse number 4 through verse number 7. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. For a few moments this evening, we're going to preach that the Lord would help us for a little while on the identity crisis of 2023, but we're really going to talk about sonship this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for its anointing. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us tonight to deliver this which you have birthed in our spirit. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We was in service, as I said this morning, with several individuals and had many multiple services, uh, multiple preachers throughout the days of this past week. And uh, one gentleman got up and he shared a little story. It's a little funny. And he simply went in and uh, his wife said, you're getting a little older. You need to go to the doctor and get a checkup and make sure that everything's well. And and uh, so he uh, he... he he concedes to do that, and he goes in, and the doctor said, well, he went to the family doctor and said, well, it's a good thing you come, you know, because, uh, you know, in your family line, you know, your father, your brothers, and them, they all have a history of high blood pressure and hypertension and a couple other things, so we probably need to put that, uh, we need to take your blood pressure and do all these things, and, and he simply said, uh, no, I, 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 I'm adopted. That's not on me. And they said, what do you mean you're adopted? He said, oh, yeah. He said, that, that, I don't have to worry about that. You don't have to put that blood uh, uh, pressure cuff on me or anything because I've been adopted. That's not in my line. And they said, 
we had no idea. Your mom and dad never told us that you was adopted. You look just like them. You act. What do you mean you're, you're not adopted? He said, yeah, I'm adopted. And they said, well, well, we had no idea, but we still need to check out. He said, no. He said, because I've been adopted, and I've been brought into the family of God, and my heavenly Father doesn't have high blood pressure. He doesn't have hypertension. He doesn't have any of those things. Now, we kind of laugh about that and joke about it, but the reality is today, uh, when you know who you are, you can have rest. There's a few things lacking today in our world, and if we're not careful, we can look at everything that's wrong out there, and we fail to self-examine our own lives or what we are part of, and if we're not careful, we fail to understand that there really is an identity crisis. If you was a part of the church in 1960, some of you was, you was young, but you was. But you can relate back to the 60s. And you know, the church didn't really have an identity crisis here in the United States of America. If you said you was part of the church, it was pretty evident. It was pretty clear what group you belonged to. In nature, in every avenue of life, for that matter, you would find that there was some clear deciding factors. And even as we continue to go through the 70s and the 80s, the 90s, but then when we started getting into the 90s, things started just getting real cloudy. Everything started changing. Time we got to the early 2000s, everything was, Lord help us, Jesus. And we find that now that we're 20 years in, and we find that even within the church world. There's many that doesn't know what's up and what's down. They don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong. There's a real crisis. And can I say to you, it's very painful to watch. You see, there was a day within the body of Christ that it wasn't negotiable. It wasn't something that was even remotely thought of. And it was just simply the fact. It was the truth of the matter that when a man or a woman was born again and become a child of God, they left the old life. But now we're in a place where men say you can still have the old life and still have the new life too. There was a time when a Christian did not use foul language or put strong drink to their lips, but now we have preachers, I'll put that in quotations, that thinks it's cute and funny to use four-letter words from the platform because we have to be relevant. That which we used to stand and preach against and now... We stand and we embrace it and we do it under the umbrella of socializing. Please, can I tell you, the Bible has not changed. There certainly was no, I'll use it this way to be not off color, there was certainly no hooking up when you went to higher education or anything of that nature, but now 
We seem to not have a problem with it even when our professors and our spiritual leaders are involved in that ungodly behavior. What am I saying today is this. Right and wrong were understood because the Christian pulpits of the land clearly preached. They didn't dance around the issues, but they clearly preached the difference between holy and unholy. They preached against the sacred and the carnal. They preached the godly and the ungodly. It was something that was not questioned. It was something that was embraced. You see, it wasn't that many years ago that the Ten Commandments was still posted on every Sunday school wall. And they were not just merely good suggestions, but they were things that was spoken of by the inspired Word of God in such a manner that men felt like they needed to live according to them. They were indeed looked at as God's commandments. They were not debated, they was not manipulated, and they was not rewritten, but they was honored. Because when people would look at them, they would simply say, God has spoken. But now here we find ourselves in a place where the pressure for political correctness and tolerance demands that we compromise our doctrine. Please hear me. The great desire for popular acceptance combined with many years of church growth seminars that's telling us that this is how it should be done, trying to teach us how we should balance this and balance that, we have lost our way and we now no longer know who we are. And then we wonder why we have little boys wanting to be little girls and we wonder why little girls don't know if they're a girl or a boy. Please hear me. You and I cannot get away from the fact that that which the old preacher once said is the way that the pulpit goes in any country is the way that the country will go. And when we find that the church lost its identity and the people in the platform lost its identity, that's when we begin to now deal with an identity crisis that we have right now. You can blame it on whoever you will, but tonight, can I tell you, we have to place it where it really is. And you and I today need to understand that when we begin to forget who we are as men and women of God, it changed everything. And now the enemy comes along and begins to come after us. But can I tell you today, there has to be once again spiritual vision restored to the house of God because it isn't until you get spiritual vision that you can ever encounter and have spiritual revelation. Everybody's saying, I want to know what God is about to do. or I want to know what God is saying. Can I tell you, spiritual revelation does not come without spiritual vision. Revelation is the act of a revealing or a disclosing. If you want, if you remember in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number six, uh, verse number 13 through verse number 19, we know that Jesus is with his disciples. They're coming out of the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples this question, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elias. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then he paused in verse number 15, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, he answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. How many knows there was an absolute there? He had clarity. 
He had understanding. There was no identity crisis in Matthew chapter number 16 when it comes to Peter because there was spiritual revelation given to him through spiritual vision. Uh, and therefore, the word of the Lord uh, returns to him and says, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed. What am I saying this evening? The revelation of sonship brings spiritual revelation uh, to the purpose of Christ. And right now, what we need uh, is for men and women uh, to know who they are. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your failure. You are not defined by the mistakes that you have made. But can I tell you, uh, one of the things is that we're seeing in our culture today is that we have a label for everything. We are continually creating an alphabet, so to speak, uh, to identify people uh, so that they can know who they are. Uh, but can I tell you today, uh, when you and I come to the place where we call, fall on our face uh, and we call out to God, uh, there, is a, there is a manifestation of his presence uh, that can be ours uh, through and by the Holy Spirit uh, that can bring clarity uh, to who we are. Uh, this can only be achieved, however, uh, when we we begin to allow our minds to be renewed by the Spirit of God and through the Word of God. Uh, sonship means this. The basic definition uh, is the state or the fact or the relation of being a son. I need to remind you that what Paul is writing in Galatians 4, he says this, uh, as long as you're a child, you don't really know who you are. Uh, but as you begin to develop and grow in the faith, uh, there is a clarity that God brings to you uh, where you're no longer longer uh, in a place of confusion. Uh, right now you may view yourself as something uh, that you not really are. Uh, but when you begin to grow in faith, uh, there is a clarity uh, and it is a proclamation uh, by the Holy Ghost that says you are no longer a servant, uh, but you are a son. Now, I need you to understand before you leave tonight uh, that you're not just a sinner saved by grace, uh, but you are uh, someone that has been clothed uh, in the righteousness of God. Uh, you are somebody that for such a time as this, uh, God saw fit uh, to bring you forth. It says, before I formed you and put you in the womb of your mother, uh, I knew the plans that I had for you. Uh, you was not born in 1845 for a reason. God didn't have a thing for you to do then. But before the foundations of the earth, he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to let something come together. I'm going to let this one get with this one. I'm going to bring forth this one. And he or she is going to walk in this manner and fulfill this purpose. Now, but how many knows all of us after Adam was brought forth in iniquity? And therefore, we was brought into this world in a place of sin. 
We were separated from God, but we know that through Christ, uh, there ha- we have been reconciled uh, to our heavenly Father. Now, stay with me. Because of that uh, which has happened uh, at Calvary a little better than 2,000 years ago, uh, you and I that was shapen and brought forth in iniquity and sin, uh, when we put our faith and trust in him, uh, we are made new uh, in the likeness of Christ. But also we know this, we are not just sons of God, uh, but we are heirs and joint heirs to the kingdom. Now, the reason the enemy continually attacks the mind of humanity uh, is to keep us from this revelation. The current condition of many believers across this globe uh, within the church is very alarming. But not only is it alarming, it is unacceptable. We, if we're not careful, uh, when the world looks at the body of Christ, uh, they are seeing a crippled body just struggling uh, to get one more breath because they don't even know who they are. But can I tell you, when you begin to know who you belong to, it changes everything. I hear this often. If one more thing's happened, I don't know what I'm going to do. If, if, if something don't change, preacher, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And all of this is the result of a generation not knowing who they are in Christ. Or said another way, they do not understand sonship. You know what the enemy always tries to do is take away your identity. If you go to the book of Luke chapter number 15, you will find a story that many of you are very, very familiar with in your Bible there. You will find in verse 11 through verse 24 that Jesus is speaking and he's sharing this story. It says there was a man that had two sons. The younger of the two approaches his father and says, give me that which belongeth to me. And your Bible says that he went into a far country and he wasted that which he had received as a father with riotous living. Anybody remember the story? And it says, and when he'd spent all that he had, in verse number 14, and there rose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. How many knows that is the lowest of the low for a Jewish boy? And he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, And no man gave unto him, but then when he came to himself, notice notice what happens when he comes to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Notice the enemy simply pulled at him and said, you're not worthy. You can't be identified as a son anymore. You have messed up. You've wasted everything that he ever gave you. What do you mean you think you can go back there? And he said, make me as one of the hired servants. But notice what happens. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth 
the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And it says, and they began to be merry. Now, please notice with me, this is very simple. I'm not giving you anything new tonight, probably for most of you in this room. But when I began to look at this passage of Scripture, I began to realize that there was a young boy in a far land that the enemy could have been saying anything to him, but he was continually attacking his sonship. He was continually attacking who he was. And therefore, when he began to self-examine, he simply said, I'm not worthy to be called a son. Can I tell you that same dark spirit is plaguing men and women today? Let me help you tonight. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and have never sinned, would you please raise your hand? See, the reality is, all of us has come short. All of us have fallen. All of us feel unworthy at times in our life. But here's the deal. The enemy comes and says, because of this and because of that, you can no longer identify as a child of God. But can I tell you, it isn't based on our good deeds. It is not based on how we do everything. It is based upon have we accepted Christ as Lord of our life. And if so, we are sons of God. Please hear me. And because we are sons, we have things in our possession that has been given to us that has not been given to others. Stay with me, please, just for a few moments. With that being said, let me take this a little further. When a child is growing, he does not know that he is different from the servant. They play together, they run around together, they eat in the same general area, they experience much of the same thing, but it's because they still have the mind of a child. But when it comes to a place of growth and becomes to begin to be develop, it realizes that I'm different because of who I belong to. Now, we have permitted a generation to walk and live in a state of spiritual childhood and have never required more out of them. That's why Paul dealt with the church at Corinth in a very serious manner when he arrives back and he says this, when you should have been teaching, you still have the need of a teacher and you're still living and you're still drinking just milk when you should have meat. What he was simply saying is this, you are still in a state of infancy and you don't even know who you are. But can I tell you, when you know who you are and when you, who you belong to, you walk in a different manner. I remember a story. This dear brother is in heaven now, Brother Rick Clendon, and I loved him dearly. He was one of the great Bible teachers that has impacted my life. But Brother Rick Clendenin, he was the youngest of, uh, 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 of a few children, and he was always getting picked on and beat up on us. Us young ones usually experience that in our lives. 
But he was out and, you know, Rick, you know, Rick, like me, he's the baby of the family. And, you know, babies never do anything wrong. We're always right. So Brother Rick was out in the yard and his big brothers and them, they was picking on him. And they was, they was pestering him really bad. And he, he went running in the back of the house and he ran in. And he was crying and he told Mama, he said, Mama, they are being mean to me. And they're, they're just treating me awful. And she said, Son... You go in there, or you go back out there, rather, and you tell them that Mama said to leave you alone. The little boy that had ran in there weeping and crying, he turns around, squares his shoulders back, runs outside, swings open that door, and Rick says, I stood there because I knew who I belonged to and said, Mama said, leave me alone. You see, when you know who you belong to, you can operate in another level of authority, especially if you know that mama is on your side. But can I tell you, you and I need to understand uh, that more so than Rick's mama, was we have a heavenly father that simply said uh, that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, but I will be with you always. Uh, and when the enemy comes along and simply says, uh, this is the death of you, uh, that you're not going to get beyond this. Who do you think you are? Uh, you have to come back to a place uh, where you say, you know what? Uh, that used to be who I was, uh, but don't you remember the day that that man or that woman died uh, and I was made new in the image of Christ uh, and now I have been adopted uh, and therefore you cannot identify me with who I used to be uh, but now I've got a new name written down in glory uh, and today my name is in the Lamb's book of life uh, and therefore I don't have to sit in a state uh, where what's going to happen what's going to happen uh, I can stand with the authority and say bless God uh, the power and the anointing of heaven uh, is upon my life life and in me and therefore uh, I don't have to be fearful of what may come uh, but I can stand and say no matter what uh, hell or high water he's still God uh, and because he's God living and dwelling inside of me uh, I can stand in the face of adversity uh, I can stand in the face of uncertainty uh, I can stand in the face of cancer uh, I can stand in the face of whatever the enemy may throw at me uh, and say not today uh, not tomorrow uh, because I know who I am in Christ well I hope it don't happen to me preacher listen uh, you and I got to learn how to once again enact the word of the Lord uh, the Lord says raise up a standard against the enemy uh, when he comes in you see, we often quote this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, let us raise up a standard against him. It's not right. The quotation's in the wrong place. Uh, when you go back to the original form, uh, it says when the enemy comes, it should be a comma right there. Uh, like a flood, uh, raise up a standard against him, meaning this, uh, you drive it back. Uh, it can't stand in your presence. Uh, how do I do that? Uh, it's because I know I'm a son. I just preached to myself tonight because can I tell you because of the reality uh, of an adult, adult generation living like servants uh, instead of sons uh, we see darkness we see confusion uh, we see uncertainty uh, but if I can get you to know who you are in Christ uh, listen you can take off depression uh, you can take off anxiety uh, you can take off uncertainty of saying I just don't know uh, and you can say you know what uh, I don't have every answer uh, but I know he is the answer uh, and therefore Therefore, I can raise my head up and say, I will walk and live.
The reason the son possesses it all is simply because he's an heir to the father. Can I tell you, there does not have to be lack named among you. I don't know if I'm on or not, but I said there don't have to be lack named among you. There don't have to be fear named among you. There don't have to be uncertainty named among you. Listen, when you know who you're connected to, you can sin about anything you want to up there and know this, you're not going to be judged by it. He's going to say, okay, I hear your heart. Listen, I, I, was, I felt like I was anointed real good this morning. I felt like I was preaching real good, and I looked down here, and my phone's connected to my iPad, and there was a, there's notifications started popping up. And here I am right in the middle of preaching and trying to do what the Lord put on my heart, and I get a text message from Austin. I get a text message from Kyla, and it's Christmas list. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. I'm like, what in the world? And then a couple minutes later, I get another one. And they said, oh, this is the kids. The kids don't even talk real good yet. They know who they're connected to. So I guess they think it's all right, right in the middle of Sunday service, just say, you know, I want this for Christmas. You see, when you're a son, and you know you're a son, do you hear me? When you know who you're connected to, you don't really focus on everything else around you. You just know, I got to get to him. You see, the identity crisis of 2023 cannot be ignored but it must be dealt with and the reality is it has to begin to be dealt with in the house of God because can I tell you tonight the enemy's telling you you're not and God says you are the enemy says oh you're defeated but the Lord says no you're an overcomer the enemy says you're full of sickness and disease the Lord says no you're full of health you're full of life so whose report are you going to believe I'll tell you whose report you're going to believe. You're going to believe the report of the one that you're connected to. So therefore, you got to know that you know that you know. You see, I love it when I go down memory lane and I remember the testimonies. I thank God that he saved me. I thank God that he sanctified me. Thank God that he filled me with that sweet Holy Ghost. And I'm thankful that I know that I know that I know. What they were simply saying is this, I know that I'm a son. I know that I've been redeemed. Do you understand what it means to be redeemed tonight? I, I, I'm trying to preach all over these notes and it ain't working too well, so I just ignore them. Can I tell you, to be redeemed simply means this, to be bought back, to be paid for, to have a price. Can I tell you, you, you are loved so much. You are so valuable in the eyes of God. I may just be talking to one person tonight. Can I tell you? But I need somebody to hear me today. The enemy says you're nothing. The enemy says it's over. The enemy says there's no use. The enemy says, oh, nobody even cares. But can I tell you, you were so valuable and you're still so valuable right now that he gave his life for you. And he says, I've I'm willing to adopt you. You know what, you know what it means when you adopt 
means you take them from where they are, you bring them into your realm. Don't miss this. You change their identity and you make them known that this is who you are now. Can I tell you, Saul is on the road to Damascus, slaughtering the church. All of a sudden, there's a light that shines from heaven. He falls off his beast. He's struck with blindness. Acts chapter 12. He hears a voice, and he says, Lord, Lord, I'm listening. He has an encounter with God. They pick him up, take him to a house. He's blind for three days. The man of God is praying, and he says, I want you to go in. I want you to lay hands on Brother Saul. He's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you're going to give him a mandate for his life. And it was in that moment that Saul become Paul. His identity was changed. And from that moment on, Paul knew who he was. And get this, when you know who you are, there is nothing that can stop you. He was just a mere man. But can I tell you, when you get on over into the book of Acts, you'll find he was walking, he was ministering, he was giving of himself, he was operating in the sphere of his identity, and therefore he was walking with Silas. There was a woman with the spirit of divination that had followed him for many days, your Bible says. And I don't want you to miss this tonight. And after being frustrated and having enough, he turned around to her and he told that spirit to come out of her. When her master saw that they lost the gain of her soothsaying, they falsely accused Paul and Silas, took them into the city square, beat them, thrust them in prison, and about midnight, their feet is in stocks, they are in chains in the inner part of the prison, and all of a sudden, in the midst of great darkness, in the midst of great pain, in the midst of not knowing, they remembered who they were. I don't know who started it. All I know is that Paul and Silas, two sons of God, get this, looked at each other and said, you know what, we're in a mess. I'll give you Ron's version. We're in a mess. And it sure don't look good. And it sure don't feel good. But you know what? Even though they've ripped our clothes off of us, even though they've beat us, even though they've put us in prison falsely, we're still sons. And because of that, I think I'll just sing one more time. And I think I'll just pray one more time. And when they began to sing and pray, 
our Bible tells us very clearly what happened. That there began to be not just a shaking, but a foundation-shaking anointing that entered into where they was. And it says that the foundations of the prison was shaken and that the door swung open and all of a sudden everything that had them bound had to let go because of the simple fact of who they was. I come to tell you tonight, we're in the midst of darkness. We're in the midst of the world trying to put chains on us and telling us that we are not, uh, we're not this and we're not that. Uh, and they're attacking us on every side. But I come to remind you, it doesn't matter how dark it may be. It doesn't matter what type the attacks may come. Uh, you must never forget who you are. Uh, because even in the midnight hour, uh, when a sun begins to sing, uh, there begins to be a release from the portals of heaven uh, that even darkness cannot separate you from uh, and therefore I want you to understand with me tonight young and old alike uh, it's not about a religious activity uh, but it is about understanding that I know in whom I have believed uh, and I understand that sometimes life gets heavy uh, sometimes it gets weighty uh, sometimes you just don't know what you're going to do uh, but can I tell you right now in this moment of time in history uh, we need some men and women of faith to understand uh, the importance of sonship uh, you need to know uh, that because you are a son uh, you are not just saved uh, and going to walk through the tulips in the hereafter uh, but because you are a son uh, you have been given the authority of almighty God uh, and that which you have uh, gives, the, gives you the ability uh, to walk in a realm that others cannot walk in uh, because I'm a son uh, I got the keys to the kingdom uh, because I'm a son uh, I can bind things and I can loose things uh, because I'm a son uh, I can speak to cancer uh, and it has to fall off uh, because I'm a son uh, I can speak to sugar diabetes and it has to be dispelled uh, because I'm a son uh, I can stand in the face of the enemy uh, that says I'm going to get this one by addiction uh, and I'll say not on my watch uh, because I began to bind it in the name of Jesus uh, and I tell you uh, our victory is ours uh, if we'll just know who we are We've got people with their heads in their hand saying, oh, I don't know if I can make a preacher. Oh, the enemy's tormenting me. The enemy's doing, listen, uh, I come to tell you tonight, uh, you shake it off in the name of Jesus uh, and realize this, uh, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God uh, and he has equipped you uh, to walk in victory. Well, I hope I make it. I'm going to make it. It's not about hoping. I know I'm going to. Listen, the enemy's got you so scared of dying, but I got to remind you to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Can I tell you for the son of God that lives and dwells inside of us, we can operate in a manner and realize this. He that dies of the Lord never really dies. So when the enemy comes along, can I remind you this? The only thing he can do is tell you lies. And he says, I'm going to kill you. You can say, you know what? I'm not going to die. I'm going to live forever. You can harm this earthly house. I'm just living here for a moment of time anyhow. Listen, I'm going to live forever. There's some freedom when you understand that. Oh, preacher, do you really need to go? 
Do you really need to go there? Do you really need to do that? Do you really? Absolutely. He said, go into all the world. He didn't just say, go when everything was wonderful. Oh, but preacher, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. But the goodness of God. See, I don't go by myself. And plus, I'm a son. And I'm just not any son. But I am a son of the king. And not just any king, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't have to worry. Because, see, the reality is, whether you realize this or not, let me give you a little bit of insight. Do you realize the enemy is scared to death of you? He's scared of Because he says, man, if they ever understand who they are, if they ever know what authority they have, they can defeat me. Please hear me. If we go back to Luke chapter number 15, the very first thing that is dealt with the father, he says, bring forth the robe and put on him. He said, we're going to clear this thing up right now. He thinks he's not even worthy to be a servant, but I'm going to tell him he's my son. See, when you understand that time in history, when he brought that garment out of that closet, there was specific colors that was embroidered into that garment, that robe that put on, that was significant to that father. That robe was not just for that boy to know, hey, you're still a son. That robe was for everybody else around them to know who he belonged to. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to walk in your authority, in that robe of righteousness that he's given. That's what we've reached recently. Isaiah simply said, I didn't dress myself, but it was a time that the garments of salvation God put on me. He said, I let my father dress me. I'm a grown man, but I let my father dress me. When I went into the prayer closet, he dressed me. And oh, when he dressed me, he put garments of salvation on me. And therefore, when I walk, listen, when I walk, the enemy knows who I belong to because those garments that he put on me have specific colors in it. They're not not garments of the world. They're not garments of uncertainty. But they're garments that are tailored, that are specific to the kingdom of God. Please hear me. You and I need to understand today that we're dealing with a generation that doesn't know who they are inside the church as well as outside the church. But it's something that has to be dealt with. I saw something this afternoon. My wife shared something with me. And oh, how it disturbs me. Everything is entertainment anymore. I'm going to tell you something. We live in a real world with real issues. And while the world says that we're just a fleshly body, I'm going to remind you of something today. We are spiritual beings with a temporary fleshly body. And we will live forever. 
one or two locations. And we have been led to believe that we can play with things that should never be named among us. You can label it as you will. You can laugh and mock at it if you will. But I'm going to, tell, I'm going to be very clear and blunt this evening. There is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness. You belong to one or the other. And when you don't know who you are, and you began to allow the kingdom of darkness to dictate and tell you what you are and who you are, you no longer are operating in a realm where blessings can flow on you or through you, but you begin to operate in a realm that begins to take not just you, but your family, your children and your children's children into a place of bondage. And you laugh about it and you say, oh, it's cute or it's innocent or it's this or it's that. I'm going to tell you something. It's demonic. I want to be real careful. But I'm telling you this evening, there is an all-out assault to attack the identity of our children. There has to be a line as men and women of faith that we say we're not going to cross that with our family. I have saw things that have disturbed me greatly in my spirit today. But what disturbs me even greater in the social media world is when I see people that are Christians that don't know who they are continually to endorse it and say, oh, that's cute. Please hear me. Sin is not cute. It kills, it steals, and it destroys. And we have adults that have become so twisted and have lost their way in such a manner that now they are willingly, and they don't even understand what they're doing. They're so blinded. But what they are doing in the spiritual realm is the same thing that we read of in history. We're taking our most innocent and most valuable asset, our children and grandchildren, and we're taking them and we are offering up to the gods of this world. There may be no fire under it and there may be no scream at the moment, but we're, we're continually just feeding them to the wolf, so to speak. And we say, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Can I tell you, when you know who you are in Christ, when you know that you're a son, and you have understanding that you're part of the bride of Christ, and you understand that you're part of a kingdom of light, you will no longer engage in that type of behavior, but you will rescue every child that you can from that type of environment and say, not on my watch. We have to get our identity back. Listen, I'm not talking about living a stiff life where you can't enjoy it. I'm going to tell you something. I have more fun than most people. 
And then I don't have a headache when I wake up in the morning either. You hear me? I refuse to allow the enemy to take away my identity. I'm, I'm hurrying. You and I, we have been redeemed by Christ, meaning this, that we have been bought back, which means we have been adopted. What does that mean? Romans 8 and 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, so be that we suffer with him that we also may be glorified together. Please hear me. This simple truth that Paul wrote in Romans 8 tells us that we have the right to speak with authority, and it gives us the right to walk with authority. Because don't miss this. We do not live in our victory, but we live in his victory. Can I say that again? We don't live in our victory, but we live in his victory. And it is through his victory that we have victory. Notice God himself has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. Not only are we sons, not only have we been redeemed, but we have been empowered by his Spirit. To walk in his victory and to live in a manner that brings glory and honor to the king. May I ask this question today? Is your life bringing honor to the king? Is your life bringing about a testimony of his goodness, of his grace, and of his mercy. I sense that this is a time to let the world know who we belong to today. The clarifying of our identity cannot be pushed aside, but there must be a reclothing of a generation Meaning this, there must be clarity brought back to the house of God, to the people of God. Because can I tell you, the Bible's very clear that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways in James chapter 1. But when I know who I am, when I know in what I believe, I can stand steadfast. You know the reason why there is so much bondage today? It's not so much because of evil, but it's because of confusion. That we fail to tell a generation who they really are. We have let them continue to live just on milk while there's meat that's been prepared. 
it's a process. It's a, something that all of us go through. But can I tell you, when you start realizing that you're a son, it changes everything. They want to come to the music this evening. I want to leave you with this. We're going to pray together. The world would tell us today that we're just we're just radical and unstable and the world would tell us that we're just part of the problem and we just need to move over and get out of the way and let them do their thing. But today I stand and tell you that I have a different perspective. and I stand and tell you tonight that this is a time for us not to get out of the way. But it is a time for us in the love of Christ to take a stand in the rightful place that he's given us and to proclaim that he is still Lord. I today do not have to worry about being accepted. I don't have to worry about fitting in. Because I know who I am. I know who I belong to. I can't always say that's been the case, but at this stage in our life, You continually to cast vision and you continue to run after the things of God, but you stand with confidence and say, you know what, I know, I know who I belong to. Therefore, you can walk with certainty, you can walk with peace, and you can walk with rest tonight. You see, in the midst of war, just a few days ago, the Secretary of State of the United States of America flew into a war zone, flew back out without much fear. The individual holding the office of the highest office in this land boarded a plane, flew into a war zone, flew back home. There wasn't a lot of fear there with them because of the simple fact is they knew who they are connected to. They know what they belong to. And if you could have saw out the window of the planes that they was flying, you would have saw that they was completely surrounded with the weight and the might of the military of this nation. So therefore, they was not filled with fear because this, they knew who they belonged to. But how much greater that you and I as men and women of God need to understand that we belong to one 
who is far more powerful than the strongest military might of any nation. We are connected. We are sons and joint heirs and heirs to the throne of God. And when we walk and when we step, the authority of heaven walks with us. And this is what I want you to understand with me tonight. That it doesn't matter if you find yourself in the rainforest of Guatemala or the desert of the South Sudan. And you look around and there is no peers around you. There's no fellow laborman around you. You're still not alone because you're a son. And because you're a son, you are an heir and a joint heir. And because of that, there's a heavenly host encamped around about us. David said, surely goodness and mercy just follow me all the days of my life. The word of the Lord says, I've given my angels charge over you. So I don't have to be intimidated. I don't have to back up and say, oh, that's too big. When I understand what I'm connected to. Because my father is different than any other father. Get this, my father, and that which I'm connected to. It is life. He can just speak and things come into existence. In him is no darkness at all. Neither is the shadow of turning. He is goodness. He is healing. He is miracle working power. He is knowledge he is understanding he is everything that i have need of and because he is all of those things and i'm an heir to those things those things are available to you and i today no matter where you find yourself see the enemy if he can get you to a place where your mind says i just don't know who i am anymore He's defeated you. But when you can say, you know what, I don't understand what I'm going through, but I know this, I'm still a child of God. You begin to push him back in such a manner that you can begin to walk in victory. And you can walk in power. As we stand all over the house this evening, we could talk about many things tonight when you start talking about identity. We could talk about the social issues. We could talk about the issues of our nation. We could talk about the issues of the church. But really, I want to talk about you just for a moment. As an individual, do you know who you are? I just want to remind you who you are. If you can say this, Pastor Ron, I've given my heart to the Lord. I ask him to be Lord of my life. and I know that he came in and that he lives and dwells inside of me. If that's you tonight, 
you're a child of God. And therefore, because you are a child, you're a son of the Most High God, and therefore, not only that, you are an heir and a joint heir to the throne room of heaven. And everything that the Father has is at your disposal. Whatever you have need of tonight, see when you know who your father is there's a release there where you can speak and you can ask because you understand that what he has I'm connected to I don't know what you may have need of tonight, but I know that everything that we have need of can be met by him and through him. There is a wind of awakening and revival that's sweeping the globe. And the one thing that will propel this into the next phase is when men and women, young and old alike, understand who they are in Christ. You see, when a 19-year-old boy can come to understand who he is in Christ, he, he can send a preacher that he don't really know, a word that the Lord speaks into his spirit, not even knowing what he's doing, and he can change a course and he can bring confirmation but there's not freedom to do that in the manner that it should be done because we have a generation young and alike that don't know who they are they always question oh is this God is this God listen when you begin to see people clothed in the things of God you know who they belong to You see, when you understand who you are and know who you are, there's a release. There's not all this pressure that you have to try to live up to a certain standard. You just know this, that God is. And it frees you to be who God's called you to be. Here's the greatest thing about understanding this when it comes to family. Our family is rather large, eight boys and five girls. Now, all of my brothers try to cut their hair like me. But the reality is, while we all may resemble each other, all of us are uniquely made. None of them have to be me, and I don't have to be any of them. But every one of us knows who our Father is. Do you hear me? All of my sisters, they all look different, but they all look similar as well. And they all are uniquely made, but yet the same DNA is in all of them. Hear me. We don't have to be exactly alike. 
that would be rather boring. I mean, it would be really boring if you all was as beautiful as me. I mean, it'd be... But because of our uniqueness, because of our different giftings, and because of our strengths and our weaknesses, we accommodate each other so beautifully. And we can begin to move. And we can move together. But I want you to hear me tonight. The Lord wants you to know who you are. And I feel like I've spoke to maybe a few people tonight. The enemy's been telling you that you're this or you're that. You're a prodigal. You're an outcast. You're a failure. I don't know why you think you can be anything different than what you was for the last 20 years of your life. You're still the same person. You're just trying to deny it. But the Lord says, don't listen to those voices because you are a son. I've washed you. I've cleansed you. I've put my robe on you. I've given you a ring. I put shoes on your feet. You're not a servant. You're a son. And because you're a son, whatever's in my house is readily available to you. So today, notice this. You don't have to try to fight a battle in your strength or your ability. But you can fight the battle that you find yourself facing in his strength and with his arsenal. Because in his house is everything that you need. I stopped by. I had to go see my grandson today for a few moments. They're just getting in from vacation. He said, come play with me, Papa. Come play with me, Paul. So I spent about an hour and a half there, sitting in the floor playing trucks. But they had turned the TV on in an old movie that, about Christmas. Next thing I know, he's running and he's locking doors. I said, what in the world are you doing? Locking doors. He said, locking doors. I said, what are you locking doors for? He said, Santa Claus can't come in. <laughs> He's trying to figure it out in his own way. He's like, man, I got to, I got to, but listen. If we're not careful, that's what we're doing. We're running around our lives. Got to lock this door. Got to try to lock that door because we can't let Santa Claus in. Can't let him in. Can't let it in. So we got to run here and we run there and we're exhausting ourselves. If you just know who you belong to, guess what? When you know that you're part of the family, you don't have to worry about that because the Father says, I go before you. I am your shield. I am your buckler. I am everything that you have need of. Listen, quit wasting all of your energy trying to lock doors to keep the enemy out. Just take the authority that God's given you and say, not today, devil. Not now. Not ever. Because I'm a child of the King. It's time that we raise up in power and authority that God has given us and begin to operate and live in it. The reason that the Holy Spirit is present today, it is to lead us into all truth is what the book of John tells us. And I've said this over and over and over, but I want to leave you with this tonight. He will show you things that was and is and is to come. 
That way you do not have to live a, live a life of defense, but you can live a life of offense and saying this, I know that God is showing me through the power of the Holy Spirit, so therefore I know how to lead my family here, and I know how to lead my family here. I know how to lead my life here. I know how to go here because can I tell you, the enemy cannot come nigh you when you know who you are. The enemy is faithful. He may come, he may try, he may do what he does, but there is victory for the one that will stand in the sonship that God has given them. So no matter what you're facing today, know this. There is power and there is deliverance when you understand sonship. And as we move forward, we're not just a bunch of people hoping we're going to make it. We're a bunch of people knowing we're going to make it because we have been bought with a price and we belong to another. We are not our own. And I sincerely believe that freedom is going to come to you if you will embrace the simple word tonight. I believe this with everything in me. That if you will allow the Lord to visit you and teach you and show you who you really are, it changes everything. And the battle in your mind, you can conquer. The anxiety that the enemy tries to place on you has to go. The anxiousness of the unknown has to go. Because he that the sun sets free is free indeed. And when he made you free, he made you a son. And because of that, we can rejoice. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight, Lord, as we're standing in your house, Lord, as we just take a moment this evening and we stand in your presence, Lord, I don't know what the enemy may have been holding over individuals in this room or those that are joining online tonight. But Lord, tonight, I pray that they hear the word of the Lord, that they're a son. And because of sonship tonight, they do not have to wonder who they are or who they belong to, but they can stand in confidence knowing that they're a child of the Most High God. And because that we're children of the Most High God today, we are part of the kingdom of light, and in that kingdom there is no darkness. So that means this, anything that is not exalting you does not have the right or the ability to stay. Fear, anxiousness, worry, all of those things have to flee when we speak to them because of the authority that we have because of who we're connected to so today lord i'm just speaking words of life and words of freedom over the men and women in this room and those that are joining us by other means lord if there's one here that's been tormented in recent days the enemy's simply saying you're not going to make it you can't make it trying to get them to identify as something other than what you say they are. Lord, today I pray that be broken off of them right now and let them by the power of the Holy Spirit realize they are children of the King. 
Lord, right now, in this moment, I'm asking you to speak to hearts. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment before we leave this evening. Maybe you're under the sound of our voice tonight and you'd say, you know what, I've been in a battle. The enemy is trying to get me to believe things that are contrary to what I heard tonight. The enemy would tell you in recent days that you're not good enough or you better be worried about your tomorrow because of what if this happens or what if that. Just a spirit of torment almost trying to just steal all of your joy, all of your peace. The enemy trying to get you to be so confused that you don't even remember or really know who you are. If any of those things describe you today, would you just lift your hand up and you can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's hands all over this house. Here's what I want to say to every hand that was lifted. Today's your day. Today's the day where God's going to reveal himself to you and let you know who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. You have been bought with a price. You do not have to be anxious. You do not have to worry. But you can rest in knowing that your father loved you so much that he did not just send his son to die for you, but he loved you so much that he adopted you. And because of that adoption, he also didn't just make all things new in your life, but he put his spirit inside of you. That's almost like saying, I'm going to adopt you and I'm going to give you my name. So today, Brother Jay just against the sing before we leave tonight hey thanks for watching i hope this message bless you and if you could please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias um, and as always check our page you'll see all of our previous messages there uh, i hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at and thanks for watching see you soon